Wall Street gets stonked as Reddit games the game stop stock. San Francisco decides to crack down on schools named after Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. And John Kerry is reporting for climate duty. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. For peace of mind, whenever you go online, visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in one moment. First, got to remind you, I just said it. You need to get ExpressVPN. Why? Well, big tech is not going to protect you. The reality is that your information is being used by big tech in order to monetize their platforms. They are then using those platforms to shut down perspectives that you like and to censor people that you want to hear from. So why exactly should you contribute your information to them so they can make money off of you? Well, you can prevent all of that just by using ExpressVPN. Did you believe a VPN isn't for you because you can use the internet just fine without one? Well, anytime you go online, your ISP can see every site you're visiting. Are you confused about how it works? ExpressVPN is an app for computers and smartphones. It encrypts your network data and reroutes it through a secure server. That means you can use the internet more anonymously without having your activity tracked. Do you think VPNs are complex? Only for tech experts? Take it from me, they are not. With ExpressVPN, you launch the app and tap just one button to protect yourself. It really is that simple. I trust ExpressVPN to protect my online data because they're rated number one by CNET and Wired. They stand for my values as well. Take back your privacy at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Get three extra months for free on a one-year package. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Ben to get three extra months for free. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben right now. All righty, so the big news of the day is that essentially a bunch of memesters just took down half of Wall Street. Okay, so a couple things just to start off. One, it can be hilarious and also not good for society, right? These two things can be true at once. It is hilarious when your high school fellows TP, your high school gym teacher's house. Like, that's really, really funny. Okay, also, not a wonderful thing to do. It doesn't provide a lot of social value. So a lot of people today I'm seeing are cheering this. Oh, look, they're taking down the hedge fund bros. Those hedge fund, those hedge fund bros deserve it because of what they've been doing with their short selling. Okay, so let me first explain what the what is happening. I'm gonna give you the story. Then I'm gonna explain exactly how all of this works. And I'm also going to explain what a stock market is for because I think there is a fundamental disconnect between what people think the stock market is there to do and therefore what people do when they trade in the stock market and what the stock market actually accomplishes and why it provides its social good. The underlying theme that a lot of people seem to be carrying forth today is that people who trade in the stock market, people who are day traders, hedge fund guys, the investment bankers, right? all those guys are bad people. They are bad people because they are, quote unquote, speculators. They're not adding value to the system. This seems to be the, the idea that undergirds all of the animus that is leading people to cheer wildly for what all of these Reddit folks uh, are now doing with regard to the GameStop stock. But here's what you need to keep in mind when it comes to the stock market. Just like any other market, people who work in a market do so to make money. But because free markets also provide social value in that transactions generally provide a value to both sides and also provide other information to the more general society. Okay, that is what folks in the stock market are doing. Every time you go to the supermarket and you buy an apple, a couple of things are happening. One, you're getting an apple. Two, the grocery store is getting the price of the apple. And three, you are impacting the overall price of the price of the apples generally, right? So if a lot of people rush to the apple store, or to, to, the, to the supermarket, and they all buy apples at the same time, the price of apples is going to skyrocket. Why? Because you are now conveying that there's an extraordinarily high demand for the apples and there's not enough supply for the apples. Okay, and that is a social good because that allows for proper reallocation of distribution. It means that now everybody knows we need to grow more apples. Now everybody knows we need to ship more apples to the grocery store. Pricing mechanisms are not merely just a thing that happens. Pricing mechanisms allow for proper reallocation of resources. This is true in every business ever. It is true at the grocery store. It is true at the bookstore. It is true at the furniture store. It is true everywhere. And it is true when it comes to the stock market as well. So here's what the stock market exists to do, just like the grocery store. It exists to allow you to buy a stock and then own stock in a particular company. It exists to allow companies to sell their stock so as to raise money for the things they want to do. Right? So it provides them liquidity events. They can sell their stock. You get to own the stock, which is great. They get to sell their stock and they get to take your money and then invest it in growth of the company or if they are badly run in bonuses for the executives that are undeserved, Right? They get, but they get to decide that. And then if you don't like how they are handling that money, well then, how do you reprice that? Well, the way that people reprice that when a company is badly run is by doing something called short selling. Because again, there's a third aspect to the market, right? just like the grocery store. There's a third aspect to the stock market. And that is all of the interactions in the stock market are supposed to provide information to the general public about whether a company is being well run or poorly run. 
about what the proper pricing of the company is, about what the company is worth, about what others should be paying for the stock of the particular company. So it is not like a, a roulette wheel. It is not like a casino. People tend to think of the stock market like a casino because they buy a stock and then it goes up or they buy a stock and then it goes down. Okay, but that does not convey the fact that there are a bunch of actual things that are happening in the stock market that are quite good for society. One, again, is the ability of companies to sell their stocks. So they can then use that money to invest in their workers. And if you work for a publicly traded company, the reason that they have the money to do that is because originally somebody IPO'd and then took that money and, and poured it into the company. Okay, so that is purpose number one. Purpose number two is that people like you can own a 401k. So they can own stock in companies that they have no business running. You don't run Coca-Cola, but you can own stock in Coca-Cola. Right? You don't own any of these publicly, you don't own Apple, but you can own stock in Apple and you can become an owner of Apple. That's a really cool thing. Okay, and then third, the stock market exists through all of these transactions. It exists in order to provide a proper pricing mechanism because if you just tabula rasa said, okay, what, how much is it gonna cost me for one share of the you know 100 million shares of Apple stock that are out there? How much is it gonna cost me for that? You have no idea. Really, you have no idea. In the same way that you really have no idea. If you walked into a store right now with no other information about planet Earth and somebody offered you an Apple, you would have no idea what the Apple costs. The way that you know what the Apple costs and the way that the grocery store knows what the Apple costs is because they are competing with other competitors in the market to sell you apples and because all of those competitors are attempting to balance out how much it costs to bring that Apple to market and, more importantly, what the demand level for the Apples is. Okay, the same thing is true of stock. If you say, I want a, I want a share of Apple stock with no other information, you have no idea what that could be worth. I don't have any idea what that can be worth. There are people who spend every day, all day, simply analyzing what Apple is doing internally, what the demand for Apple stock is like, what the surrounding market conditions are like. And therefore, you are able to, with a certain level of certitude, buy an Apple stock knowing that it is not wildly mispriced. Now, what the best traders will do is they will look for mispricings in the market, and then they will exploit those mispricings in the market to bring themselves money, right? If they, if they see that a stock is wildly overpriced, then what they will do is they will short sell. And now, that seems like predatory, right? Oh my God, they're short selling a stock. That's terrible, they're short selling a stock. Okay, what they are doing is they're, they're looking to make money. They're not altruists. But what that ends up doing is conveying to the market that the stock price is too high, right? When you have a bunch of people who are short selling a stock, that conveys to the market that the stock is overpriced and that too many people are invested in the stock. And so the stock price starts to re reprice. It starts to revalue to the point where it's an accurate assessment of the value, right? In, in the same way where if you said, okay, listen, I think that six months from now, there is going to be a glut of apples on the market. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to buy the right to essentially buy apples today. And I'm, I'm going to, let me explain short selling. Okay. In, in order to do this, I sort of have to explain short selling because this is what we are talking about today in terms of, of GameStop. So here's what short selling is. This is again, a way of, of using a price mechanism in order to figure out what the true value of stocks is. So here's what a short seller is. If you want to make money off your assessment that a company is overvalued, you can participate in what is called a short sale. What a short sale is, is you borrow a share from somebody else and then you sell it on the market today and you promise the person that you borrowed that you're going to give them back the stock in a month with a little bit of interest. Okay, so let's say that I think that the GameStop stock is overvalued today. And I know that producer Mathis has a share of GameStop stock. So I go to Mathis and I say, listen, Mathis, I'm gonna give you 10 bucks in order so that you can give me your GameStop stock. Right, I want you to give it to me. In a month, I'm going to return you that GameStop stock with the $10. Right, so you for, for essentially just lending me your stock, I am going to give you back $10 in addition to your stock. So Mathis goes, okay, perfect. Sounds great. Mathis is the brokerage in this particular example. I then take that GameStop stock. I look at the price of the stock. It's now $200. I sell it at $200. Now I have $200 in my pocket. And my assumption is that in a month, the GameStop stock is not going to be $200. It is going to be $50. Right? And so now I take the, uh, I sell the stock at $200. In a month, I go back into the market, I buy a stock, and then I take that stock and I return it to Mathis. Right? I spend 50 bucks on the stock a month from now. I'd sold it at 200 a month ago. Now I spend 50 bucks on the stock. I take it, I give it back to Mathis, I pocket the difference. Right? I, I make 150 bucks on the pure market transaction. 140 bucks after I pay Mathis is 10 bucks back. Mathis gets back his stock. Now, is that me being predatory or is that me looking at the market and realizing that this stock is overpriced? And not only that, isn't it conveying to the market something that is true, which is that the stock is overpriced, right? That the stock does cost too much money, that the company is not run as well as some people are saying that the company 
is run. Okay, so that is what a, a, a short sale is. Okay, so what happened here is that there are a bunch of people in the hedge fund industry who looked at the company GameStop and they said, this company's overvalued. We're short selling the stock. We think that right now the stock for GameStop is just excessively expensive. And so we are going to short sell, right? We're going to borrow a bunch of shares today. We are going to sell them on the open market. And then a month from now, we are going to buy back the GameStop stock. And then we are going to return it back to the brokerages. So what is now happening is that a bunch of people don't like the hedge fund managers, right? They don't like, they think the hedge fund for both maybe a couple good reasons and mostly bad reasons. There are a couple of reasons why people don't like the hedge fund managers. One is there's a, a broad overall feeling that motivated both the Tea Party and Occupy Wall Street back in the early 2010s. That feeling is these guys bear no real risk, that if things go bad, somebody will step in to protect them. That if things go bad, if they make a bet and the bet goes wrong, the federal government is going to step in and pay them off. And you don't get that and I don't get that, but they get it. Now, I think that that is a justified rage. I think that that is true. Okay, there's something else that is happening too. People are looking at the current economy and they're looking at the stock market and they're saying, I don't understand why a bunch of people are making money off the stock market, even though the economy is in the doldrums. And right now there are a bajillion people out of work, but these hedge fund guys are just making a fortune in the stock market. Why are they allowed to do that? So some of this is just pure jealousy. Some of this is, why are these guys so disconnected from the real economy? And the answer is, they are not disconnected from the real economy. And if they were to bear their risk, which is what they should do, if they were to bear their risk, then they are bearing the risk that the, that the economy will downturn. But the reason the stock market has remained high throughout this entire pandemic is because of the correct assumption that these stock traders are making, which is that eventually we are going to come out of the pandemic and the stocks are going to be worth a lot more than they are today because we have pumped money into the system, because people are going to go back to work, because this is an artificial recession. Because what we are watching right now, thanks to the lockdowns and thanks to the pandemic, is a an easily foreseeable artificial recession. And so they are pricing the future into the present value of stocks. Okay, so if you're just angry at the hedge fund guys because they're doing a job that actually provides some social value, but also makes them rich, then I don't have a lot of sympathy for you. If you're angry at the hedge fund guys because you believe they don't bear any downside risk and the government's gonna bail them out, the truth is you shouldn't be angry at them as much as you should be angry at the government for bailing them out. The government shouldn't be bailing anybody out. Government should not be bailing people out when they make a bad stock pick. And that's true of hedge fund guys. It's true of Lehman Brothers. It's true of everybody. You make a bad investment in subprime mortgages, you should bear the risk of that. Okay, so in a second, I'm gonna explain what the GameStop Reddit guys did. Because again, it is both hilarious and also it cuts directly against the social value of the stock market. Because remember, the stock market is there for three things, to provide liquidity for companies, to allow you to invest, and three, to properly price stocks, right? That is what it is there to do. I'm gonna explain what happened with GameStop and why it undercuts a lot of the fundamental purposes of the market, even if it happens to be really, really, really funny. (laughs) Okay, so I'm gonna get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that if you need a good night's sleep, if you are looking for a good night's sleep, you need a great pillow. I know you don't think about those pillows that you got under your head, but they're messing with your neck. They're not making you feel great when you wake up every morning. They go flat over time. What you need is my pillow. My pillow products do not go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape and they're made in the United States. If you don't have a my pillow or you know somebody who doesn't, now would be the time to get one because for a limited time, my pillow is offering premium my pillows for their lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium my pillow regularly $69.98 for just $29.98 today. That is 40 bucks in savings. Kings are only $5 more. Folks, now would be the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they're the best gifts ever. $29.98 for a queen size premium my pillow. Buy now. They'll extend the 60 day money back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Head on over to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listeners square. There you will find not only that amazing offer, but also deep discounts on their other products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Call 800-651-1148 or, and use promo code DAILYWIRE when you do, 800-651-1148. Use promo code DAILYWIRE when you call that number for the special MyPillow deals. Okay, so here is what the GameStop Reddit guys are doing, the meme makers, okay? And it again, hilarious, also not great for the market and not great for people who invest in the markets typically. So what's happening right now is there are a bunch of guys who are not big institutional investors, although as we'll see, some institutional investors have jumped in on the action. And what they are doing is they're doing what is called a short squeeze. Okay, so go back to our short sale example. I borrow money, uh, I borrow a stock from Mathis. I borrow a GameStop stock from Mathis with the promise that in a month, I'm going to repay him $10 plus the stock. I then go out and I sell it at $200. A month from now, I sell it. Uh, A month from now, I buy it, uh, another stock. From GameStop, for 50 bucks, I pocket the difference. Everybody with me? Okay, so imagine 
that the reverse happens. Imagine that I make a uh, I make a bad decision and I actually am wrong. The value of GameStop is higher than I thought it was going to be. So I borrow a stock from Mathis with the promise to repay him, his stock plus 10 bucks, and then I sell it at 200 bucks. But a month from now, the price is not $50. The price is $300. So what do I do? I owe Mathis a stock. I owe him his $10. But the price went up, not down. So now I have to come out of pocket, right? Now I have to actually go and buy the stock at 300 and I've lost $100 on the transaction. And after I pay Mathis' brokerage fee, I've lost $110 on the transaction because I sold the stock for 200 Now I have to buy back a stock at 300 and pay Mathis back $10. So I've lost 110 bucks on this particular transaction. Okay, so this is what is called a short squeeze. Okay, sometimes it happens sort of naturally. A short squeeze can also happen when people just decide they are going to jack the short sellers. Now, the way that you do this is you artificially boost the price of the stock, right? You get the price of the stock up to 300, even though the stock really should be down at 50. And that is what is happening right now. Okay, so as GameStop stock was rising precipitously, short sellers were forced to hedge their bets. And then they have to buy the stock in order to make up for their losses, right? They now have to buy the stock and they have to buy more options. So you get a bubble, right? They have to buy, because they know eventually this bubble is going to burst. So here's what happened. All of these guys on Reddit decided we are going to just F with the game with the GameStop GameStop short sellers. We're going to F with the hedge funds. And what we're going to do is we are all going to buy GameStop stock all at once. And this led to some actual kind of stock market hilarity in the sense that GameStop is not a particularly profitable corporation. GameStop became one of the most expensive corporations on planet Earth. Like it was worth more than Tesla. Okay, <laughs> like that's absurd. It's absurd on its face. According to the Wall Street Journal, Here's how they report this. The power dynamics are shifting on Wall Street. Individual investors are winning big, at least for now, and relishing it. An eye-popping rally in shares of companies that were once left for dead, including GameStop, AMC Entertainment, and BlackBerry LTD, has upended the natural order between hedge funds investors and those trying their hand at trading from their sofas. While individuals are rejoicing at newfound riches, the pros are reeling from their losses. And so people are seeing this as like a David versus Goliath sort of thing, although it's a little simplistic, as we'll explain in a moment. Long-held strategies, such as evaluating company fundamentals, have gone out the window in favor of momentum, right? This is what I was saying about this undermines the actual function of the market, which is to properly value companies. If you just have a bunch of people who decide today that they're going to buy stock in Blockbuster, which is exactly what's happening, right? Blockbuster stock is worth bupkis because Blockbuster has not been a thing for a quite a while, right? They're not a competitive company. And so if you decide that you're going to randomly drive up the price of the stock, then you're not actually doing anybody a favor except yourself. In fact, in certain circumstances, this is illegal, right? If you engage in what is what is called a pump and dump, that, that, that's clear illegality. So think back to the movie Wall Street. If you ever saw the movie Wall Street with, um, with um, Michael Douglas, there's a scene where Bud Fox, who's played by Charlie Sheen, you'll remember this. He is calling everybody on earth that he knows and he's saying, and he's saying, uh, blue, what is it? It's uh, blue horseshoe loves Anacott Steel. And he's saying blue horseshoe loves Anacott Steel. What he means by that is that institutional investors, they love Anacott Steel. They think Anacott Steel is really undervalued. You should all buy. Okay, so he pumps up the price of the stock and he gets in early. So if you go to some, so let's say that now I want to pump up Anacott Steel, right? So I buy a share in Anacott Steel. Then I go to all my friends and I say, guys, let me tell you, Anacott Steel is a bargain. Okay, right now it is super duper undervalued. You need to buy it right now. I know that it's not undervalued. I know that actually it's properly valued. But instead, I lie. I say it's really, really undervalued. And so I artificially drive up the price of the stock because now everybody wants Anacott Steel. And then I say, oh, well, you know what? Time to sell, right? And I sell. So I bought Anacott Steel at a buck. I drove up the price all the way to 100 bucks. And then I sold at 100 bucks. And now what can happen right there is you can end up with these bubbles where last one out is the rotten egg, right? Because all of my friends, if they were one of the first investors and they got in at five and now it's up to 100, you don't want to be the one who is left holding the bag. Okay, now if you false falsely advertise this. If you say Anacott Steel is undervalued, that's why you should buy it. That's illegal. Right? That's illegal pump and dump. If, however, you don't do that, and this is what the Reddit guys were doing, they weren't saying GameStop was undervalued when they did this, when they, when they artificially drove up the, up the price of the stock. They didn't say GameStop is undervalued. They said, we know that it is properly valued. We just want to screw with the hedge fund guys. So that's not illegal, right? It's just a, it's just a prank. It's a, it's a very damaging prank for those hedge fund guys because now they're caught in that short squeeze I was talking about where they have to pay back stock that they don't own. So they have to go into the market. They have to buy the stock. The need to buy the stock continues to drive the price up. And they're now buying stock options, right? They're now buying options to sell 
later or or to or to buy later on. They're they're buying. They are they're short selling. They're continuing to short sell and buy into the market at the same time because they know that eventually the stock price is going to drop again. Right. So now they're short selling. So the problem is that the longer you do this, the longer you do this, the more the bubble builds up. Right. So the question is, can you hold the line? So a lot of the early investors on Reddit got out already. A lot of the guys on Reddit who who bought the GameStop stock. They took the ride, they sold, but somebody's going to get left holding the bag. The people who typically are not going to get left holding the bag are the institutional investors, right? It's going to be the more unsophisticated players who were buying into the hold the line, we're going to screw the hedge fund guys. The hedge fund guys are going to be okay. They're all going to go get revolving lines of credit. They're going to buy the stock that they need. They're going to take a loss on this particular transaction and they'll be okay. It's the people who are going to buy into GameStop when it is at $300 and is actually valued at 25 and don't get out in time because they were told by all their friends, hey, look, we're jacking the hedge fund guys. We're going to lose money. Okay, so this is, again, this is what happens when you undermine the value proposition of the stock market by completely ignoring what the stock market is supposed to do, which is properly value companies. And all of it is based on pure animus for the hedge fund guys. Some of it justified, as I explained, a lot of it unjustified and simple jealousy of the fact that there are people who make money in the stock market and maybe you are not one of them. And so we'll get to more of this in just one second. First, we need to talk about the fact that you need, you need to give your business the messaging tools to turn your website into a thriving storefront. Okay, how do you do this? Well, you need to use text messaging. So too many companies are not actually using text messaging in order to make their companies grow, right? For, for getting back to clients and coordinating meetings and, and reaching out to customers. Instead, they're using sort of old-fashioned techniques for going after folks, and it just doesn't work. Instead, what they need is Podium. You can connect with leads, customers, and teammates as easily as text messaging. When you close the deal, Podium even makes it easy to get paid contact-free via text. Podium is the ultimate messaging platform for local businesses. With Podium reviews, you can easily text customers to leave an online review, improving search rankings. Podium web chat lets website visitors text with your team right from your homepage. You can meet with customers from anywhere. With Podium video chat, get paid fast with text over Podium payments. Podium inbox brings it all together. You can keep the leads warm. You can respond to feedback all in one place. It makes business way, way easier and way more profitable. RPM Alamo increased business by 20%. The bridal collection processed over $200,000 in no contact payments. Find out how Podium can help your business reach more customers. Get started free today at podium.com slash Shapiro. Great way to grow your business. That is podium.com slash Shapiro. If you're not using text in order to reach your customers, you're doing it wrong. Go check out podium.com slash Shapiro and make your business more efficient. Okay, so... The Wall Street Journal says, long-held strategies such as evaluating company fundamentals have gone out the window in favor of momentum. War has broken out between professional, professionals losing billions and individual investors jeering at them on social media. Meanwhile, the frenzy of activity is stirring regulatory and legal concerns, as well as the attention of the Biden administration. Newbie investors are gathering on platforms like Reddit, Discord, Facebook, and Twitter. They're encouraging each other to pile into stocks, bragging about their gains, and at times, intentionally banding together to intensify losses among professional traders who protest that social media hordes are conspiring to move stock prices. I didn't realize it was this cult-like, said short seller Andrew Left of Citroen Research, who's become a particular target of some investors on social media. It's just a get-rich-quick scheme. GameStop, AMC, BlackBerry have received hundreds of thousands of mentions across social media since early January, have vaulted into the ranks of the most traded stocks in the U.S. market. The mammoth gains have forced money managers to dump bets that the stocks would fall, magnifying the rally. Right, so that means that they have to buy the stock in order to pay, pay back the, uh, the short selling they were doing. Bearish investors who took short positions have lost $23.6 billion this year through the close of trading Wednesday on GameStop alone according to S3 partners, including $14.3 billion on Wednesday when the stock price jumped 135%. That was the largest percentage increase in history to a record of $347.51. On Wednesday, GameStop shares hit a high of $380, briefly giving the video game retailer a market value of $26.5 billion, more than that of Delta. <laughs> so all of this is, is absurd, right? On its face, it's absurd. The, the question is, whether this is, you know, the people who are striking back at the bad guys or whether they're actually just sort of gaming the market for fun and giggles and to make a little bit of extra money. So the line that I've seen is they're just doing what the hedge fund guys are doing. Well, first of all, if the hedge fund guys banded together to pump and dump a stock, kind of illegal. So not quite the same. Now, if the hedge fund guys got together and they're like, you know what, we're just going to tell all of our investors that the stock isn't worth what we think, what, what we're about to do. We're just going to make a gamble that we can create a momentum play. And we're going to be perfectly obvious about that. That's not illegal. Everybody is caveat emptor, buyer beware. Okay, but the, the sort of enthusiasm that we're seeing for this, 
I think a lot of this is just a certain class-based enthusiasm, which is the hedge fund guys are jerks. And I know a lot of hedge fund guys. Some guys are real jerks. Some guys are not, just like every other industry. Okay, but again, there is a lot of enthusiasm for what's going on right now because it's sort of like the little guy is screwing the big guy. Well, some of those guys are little guys. Some of those guys are, in fact, not little guys. And this is worth pointing out. And the reality is that according to Bloomberg, there are a bunch of institutional investors who are making bank off this sort of thing. Right? It is not just little guys who are making money off of this. Right? Wang Jianlin is up $773 million. That guy's an institutional investor as AMC Entertainment spikes. Soaring shares have added $185 million of worth to the CEO of Tootsie Roll's fortune. <laughs> People have been buying up the stock of Tootsie Roll. Okay, so it is not merely the, the little guy who's making a bunch of money. And by the way, it's going to be the little guy who gets screwed. Yes, there are a bunch of hedge fund billionaires who are going to get screwed. And okay, right? they took a risk and then they got jacked by a bunch of people who are basically pranking them for money. But that's, you know, risk, risk reward calculations don't always go right. It's not illegal what these, what these folks are doing. And it can be kind of funny. With that said, the people who are going to get left holding the bag in the main are going to be unsophisticated, non-institutional investors who end up holding the stock too long and then ending up eating the loss is basically what's going to end up happening here. Right, Wang, the founder of closely held conglomerate Adelian Wanda Group, now owns a stake worth about $1 billion in AMC, which climbed to almost 20 bucks in New York trading, the most since October of 2018. And so there are a lot of people who are uh, big players who are making a lot of money off of this. Okay, but again, the, the underlying idea here is that the stock market is kind of bad or that hedge fund guys are doing something deeply immoral when they short sell. I don't buy either of those things. I think there are people who do immoral things in every market. I think that is true in virtually every market. But it is worth noting hedge fund guys are generally competing against one another. If they think that somebody is undervaluing a stock, then they will go after those people. These folks are sharks. The hedge fund guys are sharks. Okay, so here is CNBC guest Chamith Palahapiata. I'm, I'm screwing up his name. Chamath Palihapitiya. He's the social capital CEO. And he was going off on CNBC saying that, you know, anybody who's upset about this in the Wall Street world uh, is basically just crapping on the little guy. Well, no, I think that what the little guy is doing here is perfectly legal. I don't think that it is particularly good for the broader social implications of the market, right? It just reinforces the idea that the market is a casino, which the market is not and should not be. But here he is defending the, what is going on with GameStop right now. I'm not saying they shouldn't be able to participate. You want to say, you're saying they should participate on your terms. No. On Wall Street's terms. No. In a way where... They get the when, no. when Wall Street can have the best of it, they can maybe participate on the side. But then when Wall Street gets the worst of it, they, their parents, no. their relatives will just come and bail them out. So if you want to fix it, I think you've got to go and ask for the same transparency because you can't all of a sudden have your cake and eat it too. Let's have hedge funds operate in the shadows, but let's then basically lambast Wall Street bets because they actually have the courage to write their stuff down publicly where anybody can see it. Okay, so his call is for the hedge fund guys to be transparent about why they are investing the way they're investing. And, and honestly, I don't think that that's a bad idea. I think that's totally fine. Um, but I, I will note that typically the market is not, I mean, this is a perfect example of a stock just being wildly overpriced. And they're now doing it stock by stock. They're just going to every, every stock that is being short sold because these stocks are overvalued because the companies are not doing well. And they're now pumping those up and then dumping them. I mean, that's, a, that's essentially what they are doing. Okay, so the response is also bad because everything is bad. So the response has been to ban the Reddit Wall Street Bets server for at least a little while. Discord banned the Reddit Wall Street Bets server. The company confirmed to The Verge. Reddit's Wall Street Bets subreddit is the driver of an unprecedented rally of GameStop stock and has received a great deal of attention in the press as the stock continues to soar. Now, Discord says it didn't ban the server for financial fraud. Instead, it was banned because it continued to allow, quote, hateful and discriminatory content after repeated warnings. Yeah, that's bullcrap. That is not true. Okay, so it is what happened here is that all these companies, these hedge funds, and the government probably went to Discord and said, these people are manipulating stock prices. I want you to take it down, even though it's not technically illegal. Okay, so this actually looks a lot more like what the government and what the media and what institutional players have been doing with social media, right? Where they say, we don't like a particular point of view. We know that it's not illegal, but we want you to take it down. It's sort of like what all of these major institutional government players said to Amazon Web Services to have them take down Parler. That's what this sort of looks like, right? Is we don't like the Wall Street Bets subreddit so take it down because it's doing us damage and then pretend that it's the, on the basis of hateful content. That's nonsense. It's not true. Okay, because how about the timing? Was there not hateful content a week ago or two weeks ago? I'm sure there was. And so the timing is that people got upset and then they're like, okay, we're going to ban this thing. Now that is a real violation of rights. 
okay, I don't have to love what the Wall Street Bets guys are doing right now. Again, I don't. I think that they are undercutting one of the fundamental tenets of the market, which is that you are attempting to properly price stock. With that said, I think taking down the ability of people to talk about stock in ways that you don't like is deeply violative of basic First Amendment concepts. That's a private company. Again, it can do it. But a First Amendment culture does not go along with this sort of thing. And it just demonstrates where the institutions of power truly lie, right? which is not with the people. It is not with individuals. And that merely reinforces the feeling that the hedge fund guys have disproportionate influence over what is happening in our financial world. It's a really, really bad move to take down the, uh, the subreddit. That should not be a thing that happens. It really shouldn't. Now, with that said, if you are cheering this on mainly because you don't like hedge fund guys and because they have slick back hair and because they're rich and drive fancy cars, um, let me suggest to you that you actually have to find the bad thing that they have done in order to dislike them. Otherwise, it's just pure jealousy. If they're taking bailouts, that is a reason to dislike them. If they are actively engaging in misinformation campaigns directed at companies, that is a reason to dislike them. If they are gaming the market, that's a reason to dislike them. If they're just engaging in short selling because they believe that a company is overvalued, and if their competitors are doing the same, that's not doing something wrong. I don't think that the Reddit guys are, I think the Reddit guys, the only thing they're doing wrong here uh, is that I think that the, the motivations here are pretty much revenge uh, and an open acknowledgement that they are not really interested in providing any service to the market other than uh, a sort of pump and dump, me and my friends are going to get rich and the, and the Wall Street bros are going to pay. Again, can be hilarious, just like your high school teacher getting TP'd. But uh, that does not mean that it is providing a giant social service or that we should all be cheering on this sort of thing as a matter of routine because the stock market is bad. Like, really, what's the alternative? The alternative is that we have people who are wildly overvaluing stock, who are simply playing the pump and dump game. And then why would anybody trade in the stock market? Right? Then it deprives people of liquidity. It deprives people of solidity in their 401ks. There are real consequences to treating the stock market like a casino. The dirty secret of the stock market is that it is not a casino. Okay, and that most people who are engaged in the stock market, including institutional investors, are not playing it like a casino. I know that the popular view of the stock market, once again, is that it is a casino and that there are winners and there are losers. That's just people betting. That is not what it is. It is a market. It is called the market, just like your, your grocery store, just like your bookstore, just like any other market. And just because people get disproportionately rich off of that does not mean that they're not providing an ancillary social value. They are, in fact. This does not provide ancillary social value, what is happening right now. It doesn't. It provides hilarity. So if hilarity is an ancillary social value, it is really funny. You have people who are now controlling the stock market who are posting memes of Aragorn telling people to hold the line. Like, that, that, like that's kind of funny. You basically have a bunch of jokesters who are now controlling wide swaths of the economy. It's funny until it's not funny. It's funny until it comes time for you to invest your, your actual salary in the stock market. And you look around and go, can I even buy into Apple knowing that these people could jack the stock tomorrow? Like it just just as a just for the bleeps and giggles of it. Probably it, it's not good precedent. So all the people who are cheering today, again, if you want to direct your ire against the government, please do it. I'm with you. None of the people on Wall Street should currently be bailed out, even though they're getting jacked right now. They should not be bailed out. The government should not be intervening right now. The government should never have intervened with regard to bailing out the stock market. But that's ire that should be directed at the government, which is answerable to you. The sort of punishment of private industry for engaging in what it is they do is, uh, I think, a bad precedent. And I know this is an unpopular view, but again, if you believe that a stock market should exist and that it provides social value, then you have to explain why what's going on today is providing consummate social value. Okay, now, in a second, we are going to get to the continuation of the destruction of public education in the United States. First, let us talk about the fact that if you got a medical issue and you got to get it solved, why would you wait around on it? With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman then ships it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Ben. Complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle. Now there is Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash Ben today. If you are approved, you get $15 off that first order of ED treatment. Again, that's GetRoman.com slash Ben. GetRoman.com slash Ben. A lot of folks, if they have an embarrassing medical issue, they sort of wait on it, hope that it goes away. Why would you waste your life waiting on a medical problem that you could get solved today quickly, easily, discreetly, and inexpensively? Go to GetRoman.com slash Ben today. Again, GetRoman.com slash Ben. And if you are approved, you get 15 bucks off your first order of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash Ben. Okay, in just a second, we'll get to the continuation of the undermining of American education and also to Joe Biden and company who are um, 
are now sounding off on the GameStop situation. And their response is just as stupid and hilarious as you would expect it would be. We'll get to that in a moment. First, Daily Wire, we are fighting in the culture. What that means is that we are getting involved in the entertainment industry. We released our first film, Run, Hide, Fight, exclusively for Daily Wire members. You can catch it over at dailywire.com, on our mobile app, on our streaming apps at Apple TV and Roku. If you're not a Daily Wire member yet, use promo code RHF to get 25% off. That is RHF Run, Hide, Fight for 25% off. You'll notice that there's a vast gap on Rotten Tomatoes between the critics who said that the the subject matter was distasteful. And our audiences who loved it. That's the kind of stuff we're probably going to make. We're going to make stuff that the woke don't love, but you do. You can catch it over on dailywire.com, on our mobile app, on our streaming apps at Apple TV and Roku. If you're not a Daily Wire member yet, use promo code RHF, run, hide, fight, to get 25% off. That is RHF for 25% off. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative radio show and podcast in the nation. So quick note, now final sort of referendum on the uh, GameStop thing. So today on on Twitter, Eat the Rich is trending. It's pretty obvious what exactly a lot of this GameStop stuff is about and the sort of populace on both sides cheering it because they don't like the stock market generally. Uh, that's that's a it's, a it's a weird take and I'm wondering exactly how you are adding social value. Again, this is, um, it's very, it's very foolish. And again, the solution is not gonna be the government. Naturally, the Biden administration has the best possible response. So Jen Psaki, the Brand new and not very good White House press secretary for the Biden administration was asked about GameStop. Her response was one of the dumbest responses I've ever heard to a thing. Here she was. She was asked, remember, the question was, what do you guys think about the GameStop thing? And what are you going to do about the fact that people are artificially boosting the prices of particular stocks in order to pump and dump them effectively? What are you going to do about that? Uh, And here was Jen Psaki's answer. Is the White House concerned about the stock market activity we're seeing around GameStop um, and now with some other stocks as well, uh, including the, the subsidiary or whatever, the, the company that was uh, Blockbuster? Um, and have there been any conversations with the SEC about uh, how to proceed? Well, um, I'm also happy to repeat that we have the first female Treasury Secretary and a team that's surrounding her and often questions about market will send to them. Oh, well, I mean, now that we know that the Treasury Secretary uh, has a vagina, I guess that that solves all the problems. Well done there. Remember, the question was, what are you going to do about the GameStop thing? And she's like, well, our Treasury Secretary is uh, biologically a woman. Well, I guess problem solved then, gang. Geniuses in charge. Always the genius. This is why the government actually should not get involved. Let it play out. Let it play out. People are going to learn their lesson when they hold on to the stock too long. And the only people who got rich were the Reddit people who were manipulating the market at the very beginning. Right when the blue horse shop, uh, blue horseshoe buying Anacott Steel guys at the very beginning, those are the ones who end up making all the money. Okay. Meanwhile, our education system is just in tatters. Okay, let's just be real about this. Our public education system sucks. It is not good. The latest indicator that our public education system sucks is on Tuesday night. The San Francisco school board voted to accept the recommendations of a renaming committee. This is according to Emily Zanotti at Daily Wire. They voted to officially rename 44 public schools in San Francisco, bearing the names of controversial historical figures. These figures include Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Theodore Roosevelt, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Herbert Hoover, Paul Revere, Thomas Edison, and Senator Dianne Feinstein, who was once the mayor of San Francisco. San Francisco commissioned the renaming committee in October of 2019. They announced they were putting the committee's name change recommendations to a vote in December. And they kept claiming, oh, you know, it's just a recommendation. We're not going to do anything. Well, then they did it. Then they did it. So what is the big problem with uh, Feinstein? So according to a 1984 copy of Workers' Vanguard, quote-unquote Dixie Feinstein raised a Confederate flag at San Francisco's Civic Center while she was mayor of the city and later replaced the flag after it was pulled down by protesters. But it turns out that that was part of a historical flags display. And it wasn't clear that Feinstein had anything to do with it. It doesn't matter. Her name comes off to high schools. Abraham Lincoln ran afoul of the committee because, quote, he did not demonstrate that black lives mattered to him. That's a hot take there, San Francisco. Abraham Lincoln, you know, the man who uh, was shot to death in a theater after ending the Civil War and issuing the Emancipation Proclamation. He, he didn't believe that Black Lives Matter. Solid take there, San Francisco. Really well done. Really what they should have just gone with is that he was a homophobe. And here's the thing. You could use that for like everyone, including Barack Obama, up to like 2011. It's good. You can just We should just rename all of the schools, every single school. In favor, uh, we need to find the wokest person and that person all the schools will be named after. I'm talking about we need like a one quarter black, one quarter Native American, one quarter South American, one quarter Chinese, little person, transgender, pansexual. 
That's what we need. We, and we'll find that person and that person we will name all of the high schools after. We don't know who that is yet, but could be you. Could be your lucky day if you are that person. If I just described you, please send your application in to the San Francisco School Board. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, many San Francisco parents, as well as Mayor London Breed, argued the effort was ill-timed given the pandemic. Oh, yeah, it's, it's just the bad timing. That's the problem. By the way, the move is going to cost San Francisco's school district millions of bucks because they actually have to go through and rename all of this. But what does money matter in schooling after all? I mean, one, one thing that we definitely know is that when it comes to schooling, it's the teachers' unions who rule the roost. Over in Chicago, they've got disaster on the, on the mind. Chicago Public Schools has now directed parents to keep their students home again on Thursday because the Chicago's teacher union is moving closer to a strike. By the way, that's illegal, as far as I'm aware. CPS said in an email to parents on Wednesday evening, quote, Chicago teachers' union leadership continues to direct their members who support pre-K and cluster programs to remain at home. Therefore, we must, ask, we must ask parents to continue keeping your children home as we are unable to guarantee adequate staffing levels to cover in-person learning. The district will continue with remote learning tomorrow on January 28th. So good news, they're just going to keep these teachers out forever. The teachers have decided that they don't want to work anymore. And yes, that makes you selfish. It does. If you decide that you want to take public pay and not work, and you are 20 years old and at very little risk of COVID, and it turns out that you're teaching kindergartners who aren't transmitting it, that makes you a bad person. It does. Hate to break it to you. And just because you're a teacher, if, you, if you're not teaching, you're no longer a teacher. If you're not doing the job of teaching, I cannot call you a teacher at this point. I can just call you a leech off the public taxpayer dollar. Okay, unless you are somebody who is supremely vulnerable to COVID. Again, if you are a young dance teacher who is not going in to, to dance away the hours with first graders because of COVID, you're just lying. It is not about your risk. It is about the fact that you prefer to stay home and, and watch old episodes on HGTV. That, that, that's, that's all that's going on right now. It's absurd, and it has nothing to do with the good of students, obviously. It is anti-science, naturally. Uh, the Biden administration is doing nothing about it, nor are they even sounding off about it. And you're, you're going to start to see a parents uprising here. If, if Democrats don't create some gap between them and these god-awful teachers unions, parents are going to start saying, you know what, I'm not going to vote for the party that's in hock to these folks. Here, for example, is a frustrated Virginia parent saying that school board cowards who are not reopening our schools, they're hiding behind children, but they're not doing this for the kids. They're doing this for themselves. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed. You think you're some sort of martyrs because of the decisions you're making when the statistics do not lie that the vast majority of the population is not at risk from this virus. The garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash risk their lives every day. More than anyone in this school system. Hey, fact check true. Fact check true. Okay, meanwhile, the, the focus in the Biden administration is on the most important things. Not opening the schools, not really even COVID stimulus, right? What, what, what they're really, really focused in laser-like is climate change because 100 years from now, the water level is going to be higher. So that's, that's really important, important stuff. And they're willing to sacrifice jobs in the right here and the right now in the middle of a pandemic. With the jobs market in the toilet, they are willing to sacrifice jobs. So Biden's energy secretary nominee actually admitted this yesterday. This would be uh, this would be the Honorable Jennifer Granholm, right? And she said, oh, yeah, you know what? We, we may have to, by the way, terrible governor of Michigan. She said, you know what? We may have to sacrifice some jobs. That, that's okay. I mean, that'll be fine. Here she goes. I think the president's plan of building back better, which would create more jobs in energy, clean energy, uh, than the jobs that might be sacrificed. But I will say this, no job, we don't want to see any jobs sacrificed. For those states that have these jobs in abundance, this is something we're going to have to work on together to ensure that people are remain employed. Oh, okay. Well, they, you know, they're, they're going to, they'll lose their jobs. But, you know, some jobs may have to be sacrificed. And then later, the, the jobs will come back around through green jobs. Ah, the dream of the ages, green jobs. You'll remember that Van Jones was Barack Obama's green jobs are. Here's a grand total number of the number of green jobs that Van Jones provided. Big old zero. Zero. So, yeah, I'm sure all the people who are losing their jobs in the here and now are very comforted, comforted by the fact that the measures being taken by the Biden administration to lower carbon emissions will result over the course of the next century in a minute, minute degree change to the future climate. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, let's be real. French fries, they're the only good vegetable. But unfortunately, they're not healthy. They're bad for you. Well, balance of nature, fruits and veggies are the most convenient way to get whole food ingredients every day, like the actual vegetables that, that count toward you know, what you should be eating. Balance of nature uses an advanced cold vacuum process that encapsulates fruits and veggies into whole food supplements. 
without sacrificing those natural antioxidants. The capsules are completely void of additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. The only thing in Balance of Nature's fruit and veggie capsules are, you know, like the fruits and the veggies. Right now, my listeners can get 35% off their first order, and they'll also get a free fiber and spice supplement. Balance of Nature's fiber and spice supplement is a revolutionary fiber drink with a unique blend of 12 spices and whole foods. I'm flying pretty much constantly for the last few months. Gotta tell you, I really rely on Balance of Nature. There's never been an easier way to make sure you're getting your daily dose of fruits and veggies. Experience Balance of Nature for yourself today. Go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Shapiro for 35% off your first order as a preferred customer. Plus, get a free bottle of fiber and spice. That's balanceofnature.com, promo code Shapiro for 35% off that first preferred order. Plus, that free bottle of fiber and spice. By the way, if we if we abided by like the entire Paris Agreement in the here and now, the amount of climate change that we would avert in the United States, just by the U.S. abiding by it, is like 0.1 degrees Celsius over the course of the next century. Sounds like a fantastic deal for people who are going to lose their jobs right now and become government dependents. Sounds awesome. You know who is very blithe about this, though, is the new climate czar. He's the climate czar, John Kerry. So you'll remember John Kerry from such things as I ran for president in 2004 and got shellacked by George W. Bush. And I was a garbage secretary of state during the Obama administration. Now he is back and starring in his greatest role, elitist sneering at people who didn't marry wealthy. This is his best role. So here is uh, John Kerry yesterday. He said, you know, if you lose your job in the gas industry, maybe you can marry a ketchup heiress. Yes. Here's John Kerry. You know, you look at the consequences of black lung for a minor, for instance, and measure that against the fastest growing job in the United States before COVID was solar power technician. The same people can do those jobs. But the choice of doing the solar power one now is a better choice. So what President Biden wants to do is make sure those folks have better choices, that they have alternatives, that they can be the people who go to work to make the solar panels. They were making them here at home. Well, not all of us can be windsurfing heiress marriers, John Kerry. Truly amazing, amazing stuff. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about John Kerry. So as I say, John Kerry, there right there is a dude who loves him some John Kerry. That dude is wealthy because he married rich. So John Kerry married the, a ketchup heiress, the Heinz, in, he married into the Heinz fortune. And then he sits around and does nothing for a living, right? He is just a, a quote unquote public servant. He's worth a bajillion dollars. He owns a private jet, by the way. He still owns a private jet. While he's, while he's telling oil and gas workers, you guys are going to be out of work. Maybe you can learn to weld solar panels because, you know, oil, gas, solar panels, the same, all the same. Okay, that is not how jobs work. The idea that you can take a 55-year-old dude who has been working in pipeline manufacturing and simply shift him over to making solar panels, which, by the way, are still some of the most overpriced garbage in the American energy market. And then you are going to somehow create jobs. Oh, well, we've given them more choice, like a choice to be unemployed and then to have a job they don't know how to do. That's fine. I mean, all right. This is basically John Kerry just being learned to. Co- Here's Herman Munster explaining that, you know, if they lose their jobs, it's not a big deal. And, and by the way, if they do lose their jobs, it's not because of us. It's not because we are attempting to crack down on fracking or gas and oil exploration. No, it's other market forces were were behind this. We're not. No. There has never been a person more consistently wrong across the scope of his entire life than John Kerry. His record is unblemished, unblemished at sucking at his job. He comes back from Vietnam. He promptly slanders all the troops in Vietnam as human rights violators on the order of Jandrus Khan. Then he runs for Senate. He ends up in the Senate. He spends the next several decades sucking at everything. Then he ends up running in 2004 as the, the anti-war candidate. He's against the surge. Then he becomes secretary of state where he promptly explains that no peace deal will get done in the Middle East unless Israel is forced into concessions to the Iranians and the Palestinians. That was a lie. And now he's back. The beautiful thing about government is you always fail up. You always fail up. So here he was explaining, you know, if people lose their jobs, that's not my fault. Those sounds emerging from his face, which is really, really looking like a mudslide in the Hollywood Hills at this point. I think that that unfortunately workers have been fed a false narrative. No surprise, right? For the last few years, they've been fed uh, the notion that somehow dealing with climate is coming at their expense. No, it's not. What's happening to them is happening because of other market forces already taking place. 
and 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 what the what the what the financiers, uh, the big banks, the asset managers, private investors, venture capital are all discovering is there's a lot of money to be made in the creation of these new jobs in these sectors. Okay, no, what all those guys are doing is that you want to talk about corruption on Wall Street. That's corruption on Wall Street. You want to talk about why the hedge fund guys and the venture capitalists are all investing in green energy because they know that you, John Kerry, and this this silly administration are going to be dumping buttloads of money into the green energy boondoggle that is. These energy sources are not nearly as efficient as carbon. That is just the reality of the world. The vast majority of emissions are not coming from the United States. 90% of all global carbon emissions are coming from outside the United States. The United States has been lowering its carbon emissions year on year, mostly thanks to fracking. Okay, but again, you want to talk about market manipulation, the government incentivizing people to spend money on stuff that actually is not marketable is, uh, is definitely market manipulation. But good news. This is where the laser-like focus of the, of the Biden administration is going to be on equity, meaning that we are going to look at group outcome and pervert the notion of individual justice and climate change so we can use the threat of deep impact in, or, or the day after tomorrow in order to essentially restructure the entire world economy. Really, really solid stuff. My, my favorite is, is that John Kerry is just delusional. All he does at this point is he just does PR for, for foreign regimes. So while he was secretary of state, he was PR agent for Iran. He was going around being like, Iran, they're nice people. Yes. They told us that they would be nice now. And sure, they can use that money for terrorism, but I like them. I'm friends with them. You should be too. So now, Kerry's like, you know who's great? China. China's amazing. They signed the Paris Accords. Talk to us. Herman. China was not uh, adverse to working on this with the Obama administration. China was very key to helping to get the Paris Agreement to, to come together because the United States and China came together, worked together, put together an opportunity to have a working task force. And then we announced our reductions and that gave great momentum uh, to the movement of Europe. OK, and then China, they're going to they're going to help in 2018. China's carbon emissions were on track to grow at the fastest rate in six years. So yeah, we should definitely trust China. China definitely is not a competitor on the world stage, and they definitely won't take advantage of us hampering our own economy in order to just blow out their carbon emissions and take advantage of the vacuum created by our weaker markets. No way. No way. They're, they're good people. John Kerry says so long. John Kerry also says that Joe Biden is going to make climate change central to his foreign policy planning. Oh, goody, goody gumdrops. Today, in the order that he will sign, that Gina has described to you, uh, he makes climate central to foreign policy planning, to diplomacy, and to national security preparedness. It creates new platforms to coordinate climate action across the federal agencies and departments, sorely needed. And most importantly, it commissions uh, a national intelligence estimate on the security implications of climate change to give all of us an even deeper understanding of the challenge. This is the first time a president has ever done that. It's amazing. We're going to try and spec out security implications of a warmer climate. It's going to be super accurate. We're great at this. You are not great at this. Meanwhile, the White House climate advisor says that climate is Gina McCarthy, the national climate advisor. She says that climate change is the most significant public health challenge of our time. Um... Okay, here she is. This order takes historic strides to address environmental injustice. It creates both a White House interagency task force to address environmental justice, as well as an advisory council. It directs the Department of Health and Human Services to create an Office of Climate Change and Health Equity, because after all, climate change is the most significant uh, public health challenge of our time. Okay, now I feel like I need some dry ramen and just a picture of a COVID virus. That's what I'm going to need right now, right? Okay, so maybe our guys can animate this in. Dry ramen, COVID virus behind it. Okay, like greatest public health challenge of our time. Hmm. Is it climate change, meaning the gradual warming of the climate over the next century, most of which is already baked into the cake? Or is it the virus that is going to kill half a million Americans over the course of a year? Which one? Hmm. Let's think. I, I can't think of any other public health challenges that are that are on the order of the climate slightly warming year on year over the course of time. I can't think of any. It's amazing. I'm so glad that we are structuring our entire government, our entire executive branch of government 
around the lie that America is systemically racist and that what we ought to be pursuing is equal group outcome and the equally stupid lie that climate change is the greatest challenge facing the United States. It is not the greatest challenge facing the United States. It is a, it is a problem that can be dealt with by adaptation over the course of time. The solutions that are currently being proposed by the Biden administration are garbage. They do not make any sense. People who study this issue generally believe that they don't make a lot of sense unless you have a global carbon tax, which is not something that is ever going to happen. You are not going to radically curb carbon emissions globally. And the amount, the, the, the idea that you can just invest in green energy and this is going to somehow make the innovation better, that if you just dump money into, into investments in green energy, that this is somehow going to create massively new and wonderful variations on energy production. I'm wondering what the evidence is for that because we've now dumped billions and billions of dollars into that. I'm not seeing tremendous return on a lot of this stuff. There's a real agenda here, okay? There's a, the agenda is twofold. One is there are a bunch of climate change, uh, true sort of religious believers who intend on killing the fossil fuel industry utterly, right? This is like Michael Mann, right? So Michael Mann is a, a scientist, uh, most famous for the so-called hockey stick graph, very controversial. So Michael Mann, he says, the goal here is we have to stop the fossil fuel industry dead. Now, if Biden had openly campaigned on that, we're stopping fossil fuel, like stopping it dead, which is what so much of his administration would like, would have been a problem for him in Pennsylvania. But uh, here is Michael Mann proposing just that. And of course, we should all do those things that we can do in our everyday lives to uh, decrease our environmental footprint. What we can't allow is for polluting interests, uh, fossil fuel companies and those promoting their agenda to somehow convince that us that that alone is enough, because then that takes the pressure off of the need for systemic change, for policies like those that Biden is outlining uh, in his plan to accelerate, again, that transition away from our reliance on fossil fuels. OK, if you have any magical ideas on how we are going to uh, transition the entire globe away from fossil fuels by creating an alternative energy source that is even remotely, remotely as efficient as this. Love to hear them, especially from you guys in the back who keep saying that you don't want nuclear energy or fracking. Really interested to hear how windmills are going to solve all of our problems. I'm going to put a windmill on my car. Probably the best solution. By the way, he knows that it's a lie that if you reduce your environmental footprint, you personally reduce your environmental footprint, he knows that that's a lie that that's going to change the climate. It ain't. You digging a well in your backyard ain't going to do a damn thing. It's not. He knows it. You know it. John Kerry knows it. They all know it. Okay, so there's another agenda here, too. And that is the broader left wing agenda, which is we are going to reorganize the entire American economy. So you may have noticed that this is always the conclusion of every statement. Climate change is a grave threat to the United States. Therefore, let us reorganize the entire American economy. Also, racial inequity, a grave threat to America. Solution. Let's change over the entire American economy and remold it and remake it. You know what I noticed? I noticed that COVID is a really bad thing. What if we just remade the entire American economy on the back of that? It seems like you have a goal and everything that is bad in life is then used as a means in order for you to gain that goal. That is what it seems like. So forgive me when I don't trust that you are being straight with the American people on this sort of stuff, members of the Biden administration, because I don't think you are. And I've been in rooms with the John Kerry wing of the Democratic Party and behind closed doors, they acknowledge that everything that I am saying right now is true that the vast majority of carbon of, of climate change is baked into the cake, that it is largely too late for large-scale mitigation, that adaptation is the proper solution, and that if you are going to actually take measures that are effective, they have to be directed toward developing technologies to, for example, suck climate out of the air or geoengineering. Right? There's, there's all sorts of stuff that you could do, right? building seawalls. There's stuff you could do, but they don't want to do that. What they actually want to do is remake the entire American economy in a more socialistic mold. And this is just the lever of power by which they think they're going to be able to do it. So if they scare the crap out of you and they keep citing Greta Thunberg saying that the world is on fire and all of that kind of stuff, then maybe you will allow them to completely remold the American economy in the image that they always wanted to remold it into. Yeah, the answer on that one is, uh, is no. The new ruling class does not get to do that simply because uh, they are lying to you about the nature of the climate change threat. Again, not saying climate change isn't a problem over the course of the next century. It is. Is it a problem that is going to end all human life? No. Is it an existential threat to humanity? No. Is it something that we are going to be able to deal with as the world innately grows more and more prosperous, which is what's going to happen over the course of the next century? Not according to me, according to William Nordhaus, who just won a Nobel Prize in economics for his work on climate change. Right? That's what's going to happen. Can we deal with it? Yes. Are we going to deal with it with any of these ham-handed, stupid ideas for remolding individual freedom? Nope. You're just going to reap the whirlwind. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. In the meantime, go check out the Michael Moles Show. Michael is talking about the media blaming Trump and quote-unquote white supremacy with what is happening with GameStop stock right now. That episode is available right this moment.
I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Our associate producers are Rebecca Doyle and Savannah Dominguez. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright 2021. Internet trolls bankrupt hedge funds for the lols. John Kerry tells fossil fuel workers to learn solar. And most Republicans support Trump in 2024. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.